Truck Month is on now. Get 1.49% financing for up to 72 months on a 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Plus, eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks. Conditions apply. Visit ChevroletOffers.ca. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. The engine's ready to celebrate. Enjoy these fans. Here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! You're listening to the Pesky Report, a podcast dedicated to the Boston Red Sox by Red Sox fans. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report. This is episode number 27. My name is Brad Chandler. With me today, I have my co-host, Brandon Brewer. How are we doing? I'm doing great. We're here on the Mike Trout episode, huh? Yes. (laughs) I was like, what is he talking about for that quick second? Yep, Mike Trout number 27. Also with us tonight is Jeff Wax. How are we doing, buddy? Good, good. Uh, back here in Texas from Maine, and um, I'm in uh, rainy, torrential rain, Houston. Good day. Uh, that sounds like fun. Thank yeah. goodness the uh, the Red Sox are heading out of there. It's raining. Uh, cats and dogs. Yep. So, they can't get out of Texas fast enough, man. I, Texas is not good for the Boston Red Sox. First, first the Rangers, then Houston. You know, and then we're seeing Houston next week as well. Right. Uh, so I want to start off by talking about some MLB stuff. Uh, earlier this week, uh, the Diamondbacks announcer, Bob Brenly, um, made a made a comment that I think we could have all gone without uh, towards Marcus Stroman's do-rag that he wears under his hat. He said... Uh, and I'm not going to say it verbatim, but it was something about Tom Seaver and wearing a do-rag. It was, I bet that was the do-rag that Tom Seaver wore when he pitched and something like that. Now we're dealing with so much uh, racist uh, undertones and racist remarks from people. And the announcer, he, he's going to take, um, sensitivity uh, classes which like why I I, I, th- I, I think that, that would have called for that's almost as bad as what the uh, Reds announcer 
uh, said, I believe it was last year. Yeah, when you first started talking about it, like I didn't really catch this live, and I'm I'm catching up on it right now, actually. And my first thought was about that Reds announcer, and it doesn't seem like it's as bad as what he did. You know, that whole uh, uh, apology interrupted by a, a Nick Castellanos home run that kind of went viral was kind of a thing of all of its own. And this one with with Brindley, it just seems like he's just another boomer that's out there. It's, saying things that he doesn't even understand what he's saying. Good old boy. I think um, there's only one announcer in my lifetime for whom you would expect such comments, not racist, but very inflammatory and a homer, but a colorful guy nevertheless, and that was Johnny Most, um, who used to broadcast the Celtics games. But if you know, if you listen to our broadcasters, and also to sort of the the luminary broadcasters out there that have been around for a long time, um, they color the game. They're objective. They're funny. Um, they're entertaining. They're informative. But they don't stoop to or have the audacity to be um, to say things that are mean, mean spirited, hurtful, and inappropriate. And I think personally. You know, it's a position of great honor to be a broadcaster, and it's uncalled for. And so if sensitivity training is what MLB thinks the broadcaster deserves, so be it. Um, but it, it's bothersome. You know, what else can you say? All I know is that Stroman's response was best. Uh, he, he went ahead and he's like, you know what? After that comment, I'm going to put these in my store, and they're sold out. Uh-huh. There you go. I mean, w- make some profit off of it. Why not? Yeah. So HDMH, which is or HDMH Apparel, which is his um, company, it, he had posted up about five hours ago that do rags are back in stock, <laughs> and then about an hour ago, uh, the three hours ago. Sorry, this is less than two hours after he posted that they were back in stock. Uh, do rags are officially sold out. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get one? I would totally get one. Yeah, just for the you know, I wouldn't wear one, but I'd totally get one for the simple fact of uh, what happened. Yeah, supporting him. I, absolutely, yeah. I am. I am one of very few Red Sox fans that loves Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I do too. And I know that there was a group of people. Um, that I talked to before that used to be Stroman haters. And I never understood it. I always, I've always loved his big personality uh, for, for a small guy. I remember when he got traded from the Blue Jays uh, or he, there was talks about him getting traded from the Blue Jays to a team in New York. And he grew up a Yankees fan and he wanted to go to the Yankees so bad. And then he was so upset when he went to the Mets and then you know, now he's just like, you know what? Screw the Yankees. I'll do my thing here over in uh, Queens. I never liked when the Red Sox played him when he was in Toronto because he was always dealing against the Red Sox. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> that was more of a, I don't like you because you're too good right. kind of thing, you know? But yeah. I don't have a problem with him being uh, an outspoken individual or playing with the passion that he plays with. I mean, that's the name of the game today. We talk about it all the time on the Nest podcast that that's, that's how the kids are playing these days. Let the kids go out there and enjoy themselves and do what they're doing. 
Yeah. I agree. It's it's like Tony, Tony LaRusa, you know, be taking uh, Mercedes to task because he hit that home run, you know, and look at this guy toiled in the minors for 10 years and all of a sudden, you know, he's coming to his own, like celebrate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The team, the players need to be able to celebrate the work that they're doing because it's so hard to, you know, I have to agree with uh, Trevor Bauer, you know, like when he's sitting there striking out people and he's doing the little sword thing or whatnot. And then you've got, you've got Tatis, you know, coming back at him with the, with the hand over the eye after hitting a homer and, and doing things like that, like showboat. There's no reason why you shouldn't. It takes so much to get into the, get into the big leagues. There's no reason why you can't do that. It's, you know, you get people like Tony La Russa, like Jeff was saying, who just doesn't like that. And the three O count crap, that's got to go. Mm-hmm. The, un- the unwritten rules is they're unwritten for a reason. Right. Yeah. I got a, I got a kick out of um, Raphael Devers blowing a kiss to his cousin in the Marlins game. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. That was hilarious. Was that Saturday's game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually at that game. Oh. So, so uh, I, they did a replay over the uh, the big board. Yeah. So that, so that was kind of funny. Right. Uh, so we're not going to stick too much on the uh, on MLB news today because uh, we had a four-game series and we kind of have a bit to talk about um, with the Red Sox. The Red Sox had a four-game series against the Houston Astros this week, and going into it before, uh, during our last recording, I was talking with Bailey uh, about Erod, and I said that I'm not, um, I don't have faith in Erod, and it seems as though I was right. Some, do we think that something's going on with him? I mean, for the month of May, he had a, a plus seven ERA. So something is definitely not right. You know, his first couple starts coming back off of his uh, brief stint on the IL to start the season, he looked pretty decent. He looked like uh, Erod, you know, just easing back into things. But as the season's progressed, he's gotten a lot worse. It's it's interesting that the two guys that we thought we could pencil in as guaranteed starters that are going to go out, do well, get us a win – Erod and Evaldi, both of them have kind of taken a, a downturn, and then guys that get beat up a lot, like Perez and Richards, have actually been some of our better pitchers. So you, it's it's pretty cool to see the flip flop, but I would I would much rather see Erod go out there and actually be the guy that won tw- nineteen games. What a couple years ago, two years yeah, ago, two thousand nineteen, he won nineteen games. He went over two hundred innings. Um, the only reason why I remember that is because I believe he made his last outing in 2019. Was it Philly? I'm pretty sure it was Philly. And I happened to be – no, he won in Philly, and he lost in Boston. I don't know, either one or the other. Uh, I was at both those games. And Barnes blew, uh, blew one of the games. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he, Barnes blew the game in Philly for him. That's what it was because – if uh, I remember, he, if he won that game when I went to the game on September 29th in 2019, that would have been his 20 game winner. Yeah, and as as it was, he was uh, voted sixth 
in the Cy Young that that year. You know, he was doing very well. He uh, he still had a three point eight one ERA, which isn't the best, but he was winning a lot of games. He was striking out a, a lot of guys, getting a lot of swing and miss. He had over two hundred strikeouts that year, so he was dealing. This year, we're not seeing the same kind of stuff out of him. Do we? We're, we're, go ahead. I was going to say, do we think that it had to do with the uh, this could be part of the myocarditis and the uh, COVID situation? We, I mean, you know, we, none of us have been, none of us have received any medical reports to evaluate that question, and yet um, it's realistic in the sense that you're talking about the residual effects of a traumatizing, serious physical affirmity. And unless he self-discloses, and I think the team, you know, most teams don't want to share that kind of information. But I think, Brad, I mean, you have to be on to something because it's like cause and effect relationship. It's either psychological or it's physical. I think you hit on something there, Jeff. I think I think there might be some kind of uh, physical impingement you know maybe the arm's not up to par he's he's not got the the strength in it but i think mental i think the mental roadblocks are what's really getting him and he's had a few bad outings so now it's like like if you play golf and you hit a bad shot off the tee then you put that pressure on yourself like oh i've got to hit a good shot here to get myself back onto the fairway and then you shank another one it's like oh man this is not my day and then finally you double bogey that hole and then you're you're ready to tee off on the next one. And what do you do? You have another bad shot because you're you're in your head thinking, oh, I've got to make up from that last one. I feel like that's a lot of what Erod's doing this season. I feel like that's uh, that's a lot of what happened this past uh, this past series with the offense. Well, let's 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 let me bring something up about the offense um, with regard to Erod. He, he's lost his last four starts. However, he's received one run of support in those four starts combined and zero runs in his last three starts. That can't be helping him. Um, no. I mean, statistically, on Monday, he allowed a season-high six runs in 4.2 innings, seven hits, two walks, four strikeouts, and a home run. And here he is in April going 4.40 with a 3.52 ERA then he's 1 in 4 with a 7.28 ERA in May i mean like the ERA isn't predicated upon run support but lack of run support is predicated upon um now jeff a quick question for you with all that information that you're giving how many innings did he pitch in 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 when in the month of May. Um, let me tell you. Um, because I believe Erod's only going like five innings at most. Well, he's he's got he's pitched less than five innings in back-to-back starts for the first time since March of, of 2019. Um, I, uh, so he's got. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't break down. I can tell you the total number of innings he's pitched this season, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, how many innings? <laughs> um, so he's pitched um, 52, 
52 yeah. and two thirds. Yeah. Okay. So if he's pitching 52 and two thirds and how many innings has Yovaldi pitched? Brandon, can you pull that up? Yep. Uh, Nate has pitched 60 and two thirds. All right. So between those two, uh, so 60 and two thirds, we got Garrett Richards. He's pitched 60 innings. How many strikeouts have each one of those guys had? Nate has 58 and Erod has 58. Well, I didn't expect that he had 58. Uh, Garrett Richards has 52. It's weird to hear that uh, Eovaldi has pitched more innings than Richards. I would have figured Richards pitched more because uh, he's had m- more consecutive, like, seven-inning outings. Uh, Pavetta. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. On the other hand, he's got, how many did you say Yavaldi had? A 60 and two thirds, I believe is what it was. And how many strikeouts? 58. Pavetta has 68 strikeouts, uh, 59 and two-thirds. And then Martin uh, Perez has 48 strikeouts with 50 and two-thirds. So that's that's understandable because they don't usually let him go more than five innings anyways. But, I mean, I think something's going on. I think maybe it is the uh, mental situation. Uh, Core seems to think that all he has to do is just make one adjustment. Um, I'm hoping that's the case because, I mean, Garrett Richards was able to change his – he was be able to make his adjust, uh, adjustment in, in between starts, and it's been four starts now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely something that we need to see soon, especially with this stretch that we're on right now. You know, yeah. we've got the Yankees coming up, and then after that, the uh, the Astros, Blue Jays. So we've got a pretty <clears throat> tough stretch of games where it's, forget, it's make or break. Don't forget, we got the Marlins for one. And, and thrown in there also are the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, 
Uh, Erod ends up only going four and two thirds. He gives up seven hits, six run, all of them earned. Walks who had a had four strikeouts and gave up a, a bomb. Um, I mean, granted, you know the the offense didn't show up at all during his game. Gave uh, they they got five hits. One of them was a home run by Renfro, who, by the way. If Renfro is not the hottest bat in the lineup, I mean, he, he's hitting over. I think he was hitting three nineteen for the month of May. Yeah, he's um, he's on a six game hitting streak. Um, he's recorded at least one extra base hit in five consecutive games. It's crazy. Yeah, his streak of five straight games with a double was the longest of his career. His eight extra base. Hits in that time were the most in any career five game span. In in uh, is he's seven for his last eleven versus right hand pitchers with a three twenty seven average. Uh, what's he versus lefties? Um, lefties, he's had five. He's had five of his seven home runs against right handed pitchers, and he's uh, he's got a nine twenty OPS versus left handed pitchers. I'll take it. I'll take it all day. There's yeah. a bunch of people who didn't want him even on the team at all. I granted he had a uh, he had a horrible start to uh, to the season in April, um, but I mean they were batting him eighth. Now he's batting what sixth. Yeah, and another nice stat is he leads the Red Sox with five defensive runs saved. That's not something you know. I I can definitely see that exactly. Mm-hmm. He's got that cannon. Yeah, yep. throwing those people out so. I'm happy to have Renfro on him hitting the uh, hitting the homers he's hitting that aren't cheapies. Uh, he's he's going on a hitting tear right now, which I'm absolutely loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, people just didn't want him on this team. Uh, the other there are concerns for other um, players in the offense. I mean, you got Bobby Dabak who's hitting right around the Mendoza line. You have Mario Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez. And uh, Danny Santana, granny, he just joined the team a few series ago um, in Philly. But, I mean, they're all hitting right around the Mendoza line, and we've got to do something. Yeah, on, over, the, over the Monster uh, had an interesting article this morning that I read about Dahlback, and they lay out the argument, like, are his days in Boston waning? And I thought the rationale was pretty valid. It wasn't just saying he's underperforming, let's get rid of him. But they explained why that could be the case, why he could be part of the package. And, um, you know, we we thought, I did, a month or so ago, that Cora was going to stick with him for the rest of the season. But I don't think that's Cora's call to make. I think it's Bloom's. It could be. It's definitely Bloom's decision to make. He's the guy that's going to say what players are going to do. Yeah. Um, like who's going to be up, who's going to be down, who's going to get option, who's going to be DFA'd and whatnot. But I don't think uh, we need to pull that trigger anytime soon. I was listening to EEI earlier today, right before the game. And Merloni was like, you got to keep him in, you know, he can, he's hitting against lefties. And obviously he didn't hit against lefties in this series. But um, I mean, if you keep sitting him, he's never going to figure it out. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember. It might have been Buster Olney that I was listening to. It was it, No, I think it was – no, no, no. It was Will Fleming. 
And Will Fleming, who called the games at Pawtucket for a long time, said, I really came to the realization this year about how distinctively different um, the experiences between AAA and the major leagues. And that, and the argument, and he brought up was Duran, because he said, because Duran's hit seven home runs down there, it doesn't represent what he's going to do at the major league level. By the same token, you know, and I said this the last time I was on the show, we saw Bobby Dahl back in spring training hitting a lot of AAA pitching. And so he's now in the show, and he's a full-time player, or he was, and he's overpowered. And the and the and and one of the most important facts is, good pitchers are good because they're they're scientists. They read the charts, they study the batters, they know where to throw the ball. And if they're controlled pitchers, you can you can you know you can place a pitch all day long and get Bobby Dahl back out as opposed to other hitters who say, dude, you know, give me your heat, you know, put it anywhere on the plate, I'm going to hit it. But he's not one of those players yet and may never be. I, uh, I I don't know. Last year he was on a tear and he was hitting major league pitching. So, I mean, that's that – I mean, you, it- can, you can also say that with anybody. I mean, Betts right now isn't really hitting all that well. His offensive numbers aren't really – his batting average – isn't where it normally would be. Right. I see Brandon getting ready to look that up. No, your point's well taken. I mean, and, and it's a, it's a, it's subjective. We, we don't know. It's just something for the conversation. Yeah. Mookie's batting 264 right now. Yep. I mean, he's, I mean, we all know that Betts is going to be a good player, no matter what he, where he is, you know, whether it be in Boston or it be in LA, mm-hmm. but you know, his career average is 299. And let's see, he's never hit under – the only time he hit under 290 was in 2017, and that was 264. Mm-hmm. So it, we know that Mookie Betts is going to turn that around. I'm not saying that Dombeck is anywhere near Mookie Betts' caliber, but I'm just saying, like, you can't just – what are we, 60 games in, a little over 60 games – Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, we can't we can't just yeah. You'll have to be careful with that comparison because all of a sudden people are going to be like, "Oh, did you hear that Brad said that Bobby Dahlback is just like Mookie Betts?" Absolutely. But I think you hit the the nail on the head, Brad. Like a lot of the expectation around Bobby Dahlback is from what he did last year, exactly because, because he came up and he was so hot coming from AAA to the, to the show. In 2020, I mean, what was it? He had that streak where he hit a home run in like how many consecutive games? Seven. Like seven. Yeah. yeah I mean, so his first game up was it his first at bat? He hit a he hit a homer right around the pesky pole. Yeah, pesky pole. Yeah. So so he had eight home runs in 2020 in 23 games. So far in 44 games that he's played this season, he only has five. The power will come. I'm not really worried so much about the power, but the average is what's really standing out. Yeah. He's, he's 60 points lower this season than he was last season. And I think it has something to do with what Jeff mentioned. These pitchers have figured out how to pitch to him. Look at guys like Michael Chavis. He came up and he was a house of fire when he first got to the show. In his debut, he he laced a double in Tropicana. And then 
they figured out, oh, he's not very good at hitting that high cheese. He's still not very good at hitting a high fastball. So what do they do? They feed him a lot of high fastballs, and he strikes out a lot. The same thing with Bobby Dahlbeck. They found the hole in his swing. Yeah. Uh, so another stat that I was looking at that doesn't have anything to do with Dahlbeck, but it has to do with another one of our um, our guys on the offensive side. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez, he's batting 190, mm-hmm. uh, so under the Mendoza line. And I was just looking through his batting average throughout the years, and he's always been like a like around mid two hundreds. Uh, he had a couple years where he was two seventy seven, two seventy nine, and then go figure. In two thousand seventeen, he batted three hundred three in Houston. Hmm. How about that a career year? Well, yeah. they also they also said that Marwin Gonzalez, when he was in Houston, got more bangs of the drum than any other player. That that would lead to a higher batting average if you know what's coming, but um, you know I don't I don't want to beat that horse into the ground because every talking head out there has talked about the Astros and banging drums and all that stuff, but what we do need to talk about is him at 190 in Boston, and right. that's not very good. The <laughs> only reason that he's become essentially an everyday player is because his defense is stellar no matter where you put him on the diamond. Yeah, right. so so we just have we have a utility Jackie Bradley Jr. Essentially, yeah. So, so I mean, if you could afford to bring him in as a defensive replacement in the late innings, great. That's not how he's being used. So, uh, can we say he'll get better at the plate as the season progresses? Not likely. Maybe, but is he is he worth a bench spot? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Core is going to stick with his guys no matter what. I mean, you know, we've got Kike who's leading off every day, even though everybody knows that Kike is not a leadoff guy. Yeah, I mean, it's on a zero for 24 hitting streak. And, I mean, Xander was on a zero four as well. He was zero for 20-something as well. Yep. He's in the uh, he's in the cleanup spot. I mean, right. you don't usually put a guy who's zero for something – as a leadoff or a cleanup guy, but everybody in this, in this past series had a crap series. I was going to say that. And you know, with Xander, he's still a three Oh nine batting average right now, even after the over Kike is a two twenty eight batting average right now. So there's a big difference in him going over and Xander having a a bit of a slump. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you've got Verdugo with a four fifty five slugging, Kike with a 383, Gonzalez 272, and now we've got Brandon Arroyo swinging the hot bat. And those guys are, we've, we've talked about Who? this before. Brandon Arroyo? Me. <laughs> Christian Arroyo? Christian Arroyo. Oh, Christian Arroyo. I'm sorry. Yeah, Christian Arroyo. Well, Brandon Arroyo used to pitch for the Red Sox. My bad. Right? Bronson. Bronson. Thank you. Anyways, um, Verdugo or Arroyo leading off. That's my call. I didn't mind Santana today. Mm, okay. Santana, I mean, I'm not saying let's put Santana in, but I mean, there's got to be a reason why they're not putting Verdugo as a leadoff. I mean, he obviously was, a, he showed that he can be a leadoff hitter uh, last year. He was he batted over 300. He can hit lefties. He can hit righties. Uh, to start At the start of the year or before the season started, I was saying that it's going to be Verdugo as the leadoff guy, and I was 100% wrong because 
Cora went with Kike. And that's one of the reasons why Kike ended up signing with Boston is the fact that, you know, he was going to be an everyday player. He was going to be the leadoff guy. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't think that having Kike as the leadoff guy, you know, Bailey and I would sit here and have a, an hour long conversation alone uh, talking about how Kike is not uh, a leadoff guy. I mean, let's see his batting average. He, he's a 239 batting, uh, uh, career batting average. Mm-hmm. That's not a guy you have. You know, his high, his uh, highest batting average was in 2015 at 307. And after that, it was 190, 215, 256, 237. His on base percentage hovers around 300. Yeah, it's a decline. So, I mean, he started off at 321. It's ugh, 346, 283, 308, 336, 304, 270. You know, he had a bad – his on-base percentage last year was 270. Right now he's at 284. Is that a guy you want, uh, you know, lead your, leading the team? No. Although he has an interesting stat. When, le- when he leads off an inning – and I know stats are, I mean, whatever. But his OPS is 837. Yeah, I remember seeing something similar to that. Three doubles, triple, four home runs. Go ahead, Brandon. I, I was, when he leads off an inning, mm-hmm. but not leading off the game. Correct. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know either, Brad. I think Verdugo, unless he's the one that's saying, like, no, I don't want to be the leadoff guy, it makes so much sense to have him in that role. You know, you alluded to it. Last year he was 308 uh, batting average and a 367 on base. This year he's a little bit less, but he's 341 on base percentage. I'll, I want a guy who's on base three out of ten times. I mean, they tried this. They tried this with uh, Mookie Betts and Andrew Benintendi. And, you know, in 2018, Mookie Betts was the lead-up guy. And then the World Series, yeah. And then in 2019, uh, they decided to change it up. Yep. Which they shouldn't have. And obviously, you know, Benny wasn't able to to produce as the lead-up guy. And I... A lot had to go into that as well because that was also when Benny was trying to bulk up so that he could become a power hitter. But, you know, I your point's there. You know, they shouldn't have ever messed with it. And maybe maybe that's why Cora's sticking with Kike is because he's like, hey, we started out pretty good. We had that three-game skid to start the season. Then we had that nine-game win streak with Kike as the, the leadoff guy. If you remember, Kike's first at-bat as a member of the Red Sox, he got a hit. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean that that's the type of thing that maybe Cora's like, hey, we're gonna roll with that. That's the success that we had early. We're gonna keep rolling with it because of the fact that he messed with it in twenty nineteen. So how long do you think that Cora sticks with Kike? You think he's gonna stick with him for the rest of the season? As of two days ago, he says he's sticking with it. Terrible. Yeah, I mean when you when you think about like leadoff hitters. And we know Verdugo's got fire in the belly. We know he's charged up. We know he gets on base. He's excited. And there was a time, and there still could be, if you think about small ball, you get a guy, your leadoff guy, as soon as he gets on, he's a threat to steal second. And you lay down a bunt, advance the runner, put a run up, play to run. All of a sudden, you know, 
a run's pretty good in the first inning, and you can play that kind of baseball. But it really means that you have to have a shift in your way of thinking in terms of how you want to start scoring early in the game. And, you know, we're still – and it's a tired argument. And Jeff, I just wanted to stop you for one quick second. Yeah. So you're saying, like, the lead-up guy is usually a threat to steal bases, which I, I 100% agree with you. And, and Kike's eight years in the majors, he's got 13 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And, and how many does Verdugo have? Mm, give me one second. Stolen bases, where are you? He has twelve. <laughs> yeah, but, but but in three years. Uh, since two thousand seventeen. Okay. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'll take I'll take the twelve over eight in eight years. Yeah, you bet. You know he's more of a threat to steal than uh, Enrique. Right. It sounds dirty saying Enrique, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I mean, what it comes down to, guys, is there's only so many options, right? And so if you look at these options, go through the list. You know, and, and why bother? It's an academic exercise. It's not going to be Renfro. It's not Vasquez. It's not Dahlbeck, right? I mean, it comes down to like two or three options, possibilities. And you, and Brad, you added Danny Santana, and, and why not? Um, but but it is a, it's an important decision to make, and just to stick to your guns doesn't. You know, that's a manager who's we love Alex Cora, but we need him to have a little bit more flexibility. Yeah, I mean, he has kind of shaken it up, but I mean, like, only when Enrique, uh, he sits him. Mm -hmm. It still sounds so dirty. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like today, he had Santana's uh, lead off. I mean, there's been, um, there's been a time where he's had Arroyo's uh, lead off. Marwin led off a couple games. I mean, Frenchie got default had to be the lead off role in one game. Yep. <laughs> and that was one that of his game best, too. Best game of his career. It was. It really was. And he's like raking down in AAA right now. Yep. To our point from earlier about how it's so much different when it, when they're down in AAA compared to at the show. You bet. You bet. He just needed more at bats. Uh, that's what I really think it is. Uh, I don't think he's going to be down there for like years or whatever. He's not going to be um what's his name? Uh Rusni Castillo? Rusni Castillo. I don't think he's going to be him. Now, Rusni was. The pride st- of Pawtucket. Yeah, really. 
that Carabas was saying how he should have a statue outside of uh, Polar Park. I, I, for that. I remember th- with Rusny, uh, there was one play I remember. There was one out. He caught the ball out in center field. He thought it was three outs, and he threw the ball into the bleachers. Oh, jeez. And there was, a, uh, uh, there was a runner on first. Ugh. But uh, who, so we, we, don't, we don't want to say who we think should be leading off outside of Verdugo. I mean, are we all agreeing with Verdugo? Yep. Yeah, I think Verdugo should be the leadoff guy. It worked, to, you know, for him at least last year. I know the 2020 Red Sox didn't really fare too well, but Verdugo had a career year as the leadoff guy. Why yeah, not go back to it? All right, so who who would we put second? I mean, you know you're putting J.D. third third or fourth. You're putting Xander third or fourth. I mean, they were talking about possibly Verdugo Devers as a one-two. You could put Renfro second. I don't like Verdugo Devers because I don't want it to be left left. Left left. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear that. Um, um but then you got left, right, right. But right. right right is so much more common. But to have two left guys back to back is is just I don't I don't like it. Um I don't know. I I may go I may just flip flop uh Kike and Verdugo and have Kike in the two hole. Yeah. <laughs> Would you how do you, how would you feel for two either Renfro or Vasquez? Yeah, I, I'm I know. Right there. I know Renfro's been hot lately, but he's I don't not know. A hot bat. I don't know how sustainable that is. Right. I think that's one of those things that you want him down. You know, at the highest in the sixth spot. Huh? What about Vasquez? Vasquez, he he could be. A top of the tier, a top of the order uh, bat, but he's he's very streaky, very inconsistent in my opinion. You know, he'll go out there and he'll have a great stretch, but then he'll go out there and slump for an extended period of time. I mean, he's a, he's a two fifty batting average guy right now. Yeah, I really think that that the um the way it, I mean the way it could be is you put Verdugo as your leadoff guy, or you. Take Kike and you put Arroyo as the leadoff guy and switch those two around. Arroyo is a good one to put up there. And the commenter that we've got in here saying that you could put Xander in the two hole. I don't hate that idea either. I don't hate that idea. And that's kind of what I thought they were going to do. They were going to do Doogie and then Bogey. Uh, but for some reason, I don't, I don't know why JD's not hitting uh, cleanup. Well, do you guys still ascribe to the idea that your cleanup hitter? Uh, so it used to be that your three your three hole was your best hitter and your four was your power hitter, the guy that could was your clutch hitter who could drive in runs. Who's right. our best hitter then? Best hitter right now? Yeah, J D. J D. So so we could go Verdugo, Xander, J D, Devers. Why not? I'm fine with that. Then yeah, we'll- I, I'd be fine with that. Who would we uh, protect Devers with, Renfro or Vasquez? Renfro, for now. Either way. Yeah, you can go either way with that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we could sit here and talk about the lineup the entire time, but you know, <laughs> we need to move on. All right. So uh, the Astros. The, the point is, there needs to be a shakeup. Yeah, there definitely does. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. 
you know, like I said, we could sit here for like hours upon hours talking about how the about the lineup and you know Marwin's hitting under two hundred, Danny Santana's hitting under two hundred. You've got um, Dahlbeck is just hitting right around two hundred. It's you know a shakeup needs to happen. It needs to happen soon. Um, we're getting ready to face the Yankees uh, tomorrow. So, with that being said, let's talk about the first game. Uh, the Red Sox ended up losing by a blowout, eleven to two. Urquidy uh, started this game for the Houston Astros. I didn't. I didn't ever think that Urquidy was nearly as good as he that the Red Sox made him look. Go ahead. I got one thing to say about that game, and then we can move on. Colton Brewer, no relation. <laughs> it's all right. You don't need to take uh, take the relations with that, anyways. Uh, the he got DFA'd today. Yes, yeah, he did. At first, that I was reading, he got optioned, and then for some reason, I don't I don't know what the difference was. I don't know why they said optioned at first. I, I don't know why they didn't just say he got DFA'd. Because that made it seem like there was going to be another roster move. Like someone like mm-hmm. Valdez mm-hmm. Uh, could have been um, DFA'd or something like that. But we'll get to that in, uh, when we get to the last game. But the Red Sox ended up losing 11-2. to uh, Erod gave up six and did not look good, as we talked about. Um, the offense absolutely sucked. Uh, five hits. Renfro had a home run. Altuve had a cheapie. I mean, it's a home run. And you know whatever, it but, didn't I mean, matter. The the way he hit that, did you see the way he hit it? Mm-hmm. It was like, oops, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, almost like an excuse me. Yeah, it looked like he was just trying to stay alive, and he just got it into the Crawford box. I don't remember how far it was. It was Eck was all over that one. I think uh, I think they said that it was only a home run in two MLB yeah. stadiums: in Tropicana and Houston. Yep. A lot of people oh, well. were thinking that it was going to be Yankee Stadium, but no, Yankee Stadium is just a no. little bit bigger. O- only to right field. <laughs> to the short porch, which we can't really say much about because, you know, we got a short right field too. It's short down the line, but it, it extends. No, it does. Imagine wrapping bit. it around that pesky pole, though. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can wrap it around the pole, then, you know, it is a sh- pretty short shot. But after that, it, it juts out there pretty far. Wrap it around the pole. Wrap it around the pole. <laughs> I mean, you, you name the show Pesky Report, so you got to talk about poles every now and then. Moving on. <laughs> uh, on, the, <laughs> on Tuesday, uh, the Red Sox Jesus once Christ, again bro. did not fare very well. They uh, they lost five to one. Actually, th- this wasn't this wasn't a bad pitching game um, no. for Richards. <laughs> uh, Richards. Came out, he looked good. I mean, he gave up only two runs. He kept the team in the game. Uh, Saw Moore came out and just was like, here, guys, here, keep hitting the balls. I'm going to keep giving you guys runs. He gave up three runs, so that ended up getting the guy, uh, getting the offense. Like Basically like, yeah, we're done. Well, the errors didn't help either. But, no, yeah. absolutely not. No, not two Sl- errors. Sloppy defense, yeah, so. Yep. Yeah, it is what it is. You're not going to win them all. This was one that was a winnable game uh, because, you know, Richards did keep a minute for the most part. Six innings, he gave up two, uh, had five strikeouts. Walks kind of killed him a little bit, but 
you know, that's still a decent outing for Garrett Richards. I'll take that every time out. I was I was shocked that he went six innings after like the way he was pitching. It's it seems to be a trend like with the Red Sox pitchers. They start off terrible, but then they'll settle in. Yeah, like Pavetta, he I think he threw what thirty seven pitches in the first inning. Yep. Well, uh, had had bases loaded, gave up one run. It's just yeah. we we kind of get used to twenty twenty. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, no, I don't no. think I can ever get used to 2020. I never want to see something like that again. Yeah. Well, it was sort of like almost muscle memory where you're expecting the pitchers to go out in 2021 and do the same thing. Yeah. Except we don't have Mike kick them and I'm happy with that. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> the less we have a Mike kick them, the better for me. Yep. I won't yep. be screaming as much at my TV. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So Richards had a really good, he didn't have a really good, but he had a, Decent outing. Yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, six innings and one. Exactly. Respectable. And he's actually been a surprise for me uh, this year, especially, you know, after the four four games where he had the um, – he didn't have a good start, you know. Well, if you, if you, were, if you remember back on the, uh, the very first episode of the Pesky yep. Group, Pesky Report, we were talking about it, and I said Garrett Richards, he could have a sneaky good season. And then the first couple outings, he he really sucked it up, and I was I was eating my words. I was like, man, maybe this guy is terrible. Maybe I I don't know how to assess anything. But he's made that adjustment, and he's come around. And since then, he's been one of the most consistent and most reliable pitchers on the staff. You know, you know he, he's at three seventy five ERA right now, but that's in part because of that horrible start of the season. As the season progresses, we should see that trickle down to to more of his um, his average, which is 363 or below. Yeah, it's funny how things turn out when you think about it, because at the time we were contemplating that extra starter, it was it seemingly was between him and Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about Marcel Ozuna. So when you think about what could have been... Got to also throw in the Jake Odorizzi... Yeah, sure. Why not? So it, it's sort of no matter what Bloom did, uh, people were giving him a very short rope. And after the early outings with Garrett Richards, they wanted Richards ridden out of town on a rail. They wanted to shoot him to the moon. They did. Yeah. And, you know, we, 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 we patiently awaited his success and we're celebrating that success. And so... Um, while Kluber had a, a, a great game, uh, one game, yeah, one game. <laughs> well, he did, um, and God bless him for having it. But again, look, look, look at how things turned out. So the the weird thing about that was I have a I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I have a friend of mine at work who's a Yankee fan, and he came up to me. He was like, "Oh, did you see Kluber through uh, through a no hitter?" And I was like, "Yeah." I highly doubt he's going to have a good game the next game. And lo and behold, I think he went. He was he was pulled out of, uh, out of the game in the third inning. So I mean, and then come to find out, he he's now on the IL. Yeah, and I don't think Wade Miley is winning the Cy Young anytime soon either. Okay. <laughs> Are we mentioning Wade Miley simply because we were talking about no no hitters? Yeah, that's surreal. okay. Okay, I agree. 
I was yeah. trying to figure out why we probably violated to this. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think we. I'm actually extremely shocked that Wade Miley threw a no hitter. Not only did he throw a complete game, he threw a no hitter. I mean, they were hitting it. To, I mean, he had a lot of help from his defense. Mm-hmm. You know, but most no hitters and perfect games have a few defensive gems behind there as well. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's that's Wade Miley. I, and you but, know, I mean, if you look at it statistically. If you take all the innings, all the years, all the games, um, and do the math and look at the number of no-hitters, let's say in the last 100 years there's 147 of them, and you can say there'll be so many more moving forward. Someone's got to pitch them. Yeah, not not Pedro Martinez. Right. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah, Pedro's Wade Miley's thrown a no hitter. Pedro Martinez has not. Right, and that's that's garbage. Yeah, and Kurt Schilling came came one out, didn't he? Of pitching one. I'm not sure. I think yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, to game three. So game three, the Red Sox ended up losing two to one. Another one, winnable game. Yeah. Yep, yeah. especially because they had seven hits. Yeah, on to Houston's four hits. And they made Valdez look unheadable, <laughs> yeah. basically. Uh, Verdugo ended up going 04. Um, Kike Hernandez went 04. Uh, 04 4. And Bogey went 04 3. Devers went 04 4. But Bogey had a walk, too. So we'll give that to you. The other one stat that I thought was great is I believe there was 50-something fastballs thrown to Devers. Oh, I can't say great. But 50-something fastballs in a row thrown to Devers, and he just couldn't hit it. Like, what's going on? Can't hit a fastball now? You get a 100-and-something-mile-per-hour fastball from Aroldis Chapman in Yankee Stadium with the crowds, like, packed, jam-packed right to dead center, but you can't hit one of 50-something fastballs. Well, what do you make of that? Like, why is that? Why do you think that phenomenon is happening? I think he's trying too hard. I think he's trying he, – he doesn't try to put the ball into play. He just tries to knock he, – he wants to beat the cover off the ball. Everything has to be a home run. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. He's got that, you know, I feel like he has that Manny Ramirez kind of like, uh, feel or that vibe, like when he goes up to hit everything, because like today he had that he had that double that could have easily been a triple, and he just sat there and watched it, and that's the only reason why he got a double. Do you put do you put that back on Tim Hires? <sighs> no. Okay. I mean, I mean, no. I, mean, I just I just I mean I just sort of think of like. There's a reason for everything, and you know if you're the hitting coach, it, it's it's you don't have any doubt that your hitter can't hit for power or for for average or for 
for contact. But after so many at-bats, you really need to pull that hitter aside and say, this is what we, not I, this is what we, the Red Sox, want you to focus on moving forward. I don't know. It's just it's it's part of managing a team. I, I don't think that there's anything to really be concerned about with Devers. For his career, he's a 279 hitter. This season, he's sitting at 278. Last season in 57 games, he hit 11 home runs and he was batting 263. This year in 52 games, he's already hit 14 home runs and is batting 278. So he's doing what Devers does. He hits home runs and he hits for a decent average. Maybe he's had a little bit of a struggle at the plate, but so was Bogey. So has yeah. some of the other guys on the up and down the roster. Devers JD. is fine. JD is, yeah, he's been sl- slumping a little bit as well. Devers is fine. Just, yeah, I, I believe Devers is fine as well. It is, you know, sitting there watching that double kind of irked me. It's like, I, just, I get, just, yeah, he's he not hustling out of the box and stuff like that, but he also legged out an infield single. Uh, what was it? Was it today or yesterday? Yeah. It was today. Today. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you got to take what you can get with Devers, you know. No, I'd, I'd like to see him hit himself in the head a little bit more, uh, like he did in the past couple of years, because it's comedy, and he's sitting there screaming at himself, and, and uh, I love it. Um, two or three years ago, when he was struggling, Corey used to get it, buy him ice cream. Remember that? Yep. Yep. That's- I don't remember that. Is that why they? Is that why Carabas names some scoops? Yep, that's exactly yep. why. Yep. Oh, okay, so that makes sense now. Like I didn't know that. Yes. The Raffy Big scoops. Then I get it. We. It we makes I think we have a lot of useless information. We'll continue to share with you, Brad. Ah, oh, fine. But <laughs> I mean, I mean that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, Pavetta ends up uh, giving the team uh, thirty-seven pitches in the first inning. And was it the first inning or the first two innings? I think it was the first. It was 53 pitches in the first two innings. Jesus Christ. So 37 pitches in the first inning, and he still went six innings. He settled in. Yeah, he was solid. You know, that that was his first loss since joining the Red Sox. Yes. Yeah, that was. It was a two-to-one ball game. So he kept the team in the game. It's not like he got blown out. It's not like he put up a huge stinker. They were in the game. It was just the offense couldn't score runs. Yep. Just, just imagine what would happen if he didn't have to throw 37 pitches in the first inning. And do we think that something's going on? Uh, because uh, what's his name? Valdez? Was it yeah. Valdez? Yeah. Yeah, Valdez started the uh, started the game off with one glove. He comes out in the second inning. He has a different glove on. Well, I mean, we didn't have Joe, Joe West there to check. So That's a good um, point. Yeah, something is you know something's a little fishy. I I heard uh, I heard them talking about it. It was Castiglione, uh, Fleming, and uh, Marloni. They were talking about it before the game about how Valdez started the game off with this this color glove, and then he came out in the second inning. You know, after he walked all these guys and gave up the one run, which is another thing. It's like they had the bases loaded and they only got one run. That's happened a lot for the Red Sox this year. Get ridiculous. Yeah, Joe Joe Castiglione has a word he loves using. I hate hearing it coming out of his mouth, but he always ends the inning with, and it has a a sense of bitterness in it. 
another squander. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a good word to use for that Mm -hmm. situation, for that type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You hate to see them squander those runs. Yeah. Hits, walks, whatever they are, you know, right. It's uh, it is what it is. There's another saying a lot of people hate to hear. Uh, So let's move on. Go on to today. Today was a good game for Red Sox Nation. So the Red Sox actually ended up avoiding the sweep. They ended up beating the Astros uh, five to one. Now the Astros actually seemed like they had a, uh, like they, they had to go out of town for their next game. Like they were trying to get the game over so that they can get on the plane and go somewhere. Like they were swinging at first pitches. They were trying to put the ball, you know, a lot of the, now the hero or the MVP of this game, who do we think is the MVP of this game? Martin Perez. Brandon? Yeah, got to be Martin Perez. Seven and two thirds inning pitched. Happy Perez Day. Yes. So uh, I was was disappointed uh, that, um, what's the bench coach's name? Venable, Will Venable. Yeah, Venable. I was disappointed he came out uh, before. Uh, I understand he gave a walk, he gave a hit, and you got to figure, you know, the guy's probably tired, but he was pitching in an average like nine pitches per inning. Yeah, he was he was shoving today for sure, but, you know, anytime you get in trouble, especially after being in for that long, that's the right move to make. I would have liked to see him get out of it. Uh, I face one more batter. If he gets into trouble there, then, you know, then pull the plug. Yeah. I but mean, w- could, what, if, what if that next batter hits a three run Jack and then all I of a sudden just, it's five to three. A, I was just about to say, but then like you, you have to, you know, uh, what's the saying? Uh, you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't. Right. I was hearing, I was listening to the game on the radio and, and was hearing some, a few Blake Snell references. And then you know, they were up, and then they were talking to Maloney about like, what would you do? How long would you let him go? And I'm thinking to myself, and I, I was in the car seventh, eighth inning when I got back to the ninth. It was you know I could watch the game, but I'm thinking to myself, oh come on, the guy have his complete game, please. I would have liked to have seen it uh, if he didn't get into that trouble in the eighth inning after you know shoving two and uh, seven and two thirds or eight yeah. and two thirds seven and. Two- Seven and two thirds. Uh, you know, I, I would have loved to seen it. I was tweeting about it. I was saying that they should have. Um, but then, like he he threw a no hitter. He had no hits until the seven. Uh, you know, uh, the entire time he pitched, and then Workman came in. Comes in. So with the news news broke out today, you know, a couple days ago that Brandon Workman was. Uh, going to trigger his opt out, which means that the Boston Red Sox had forty eight hours. Uh, to pick up his pick up uh, pick up his contract, or he was gone, right? And or yeah, he was going to walk. And we were, you know, me. I was saying get rid of Brewer, and that was just a no brainer, you know, to DFA Brewer. Once again, no relation. <laughs> yeah, no relation to Brandon Brewer. Um, but Colton Brewer should have been DFA'd, and I think that as soon as they trigger, he triggered it, they should have DFA'd him. But then he comes out today, and he strikes out the first batter, and then he gives a bomb up. I forgot who he gave it up to. 
Gurriel. Was it? Uh, it was Gurriel. Yep. He gives up a, a home run to Gurriel, and Twitter just blows up. Like, oh, I don't think Bloom made the right decision. Well, what did you want him to do? Did you want him to keep Burr? Like, would you, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Burr or Workman? When Workman is dialed in and that curveball is is really biting, can, he he's can, he, can we can we refer to it as the yacker? When when the yacker is going, it's one of the best yaks in all of baseball. The only problem with a yacker is every now and then you leave it hanging, and whenever you leave it hanging in the bigs, it goes a long way from home plate. True, very true. Oh, what's your what is your opinion about the Yacker and Brandon Workman? Me? Yes. Um, well, I'm a Workman fan. I um, was disappointed when he um, went in that trade last year with Embry. Um, I rooted for him in the two teams with the Cubs and also with Philadelphia. I didn't think that Brandon Workman was done because I don't like giving up on people. And I appreciated how outstanding he was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I admire him because I remember him in, in 2013 World Series. And then he had a debilitating injury and we wondered, you know, would we ever see him again? Um, so I think, you know, 2019 isn't that long ago. And as a result, I think that while we could call him an experiment, um, he's got a lot of innings under his belt in high leverage situations. Gurriel's a good hitter. Um, it's the, the, thank God there are people like Brandon Brewers, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they could bring him up. And I, uh, my thought, guys, is love, that, love you too, Jeff. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, my hope is that um, Brandon. Is a is a huge contributor this year to the team, and that he regains, you know, what, what we saw from him in the past. And uh, I'm rooting for him. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for him. I want him to do do big things. Uh, I mean, he's done good with the Red Sox. He's been on the team since 2013. He got traded last year. Um, I made a tweet earlier today. Is like, you know, Bloom calls up Philly. Is like, hey, you guys are in the are going to be in the playoffs. We've got, we've got Workman and we've got Hembry, and the Phillies just like, oh, okay, we'll take him. Who do you want? And then Bloom's like, well, Siebold and Pavetta, okay. So here, here's Philly giving over these guys, uh, Pavetta, who didn't do all that well out in Philly, and they're like idiots. And then Brandon, Brandon, I was about to say it too. Brandon Workman ends up. Uh, Going to Chicago, he doesn't do anything good there. He gets DFA and he comes back to Boston. You so think- basically, basically the trade was a Heath Emery for uh, Connor Siebold and and Nick Pavetta. You think Dombrowski would have made that trade? No, never in a million years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he would have he would have signed Workman to a like twelve billion dollar contract. Yeah, probably would have. And then sold off the farm for him. Yeah. I mean, he he was good. He was good. He was basically our closer in 2019. Right, but so, I'm, I'm 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 saying that within the context of whether whoever it was that he would have like just signed off on Pavetta. Oh, on Pavetta and Siebold? Yeah, possibly because okay. Dabrowski liked liked working. 
Okay. I mean, and also, also, Siebold was a minor leaguer, so Dabrowski didn't, you know, wouldn't have given a damn about him. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't like minor leaguers. Um, except, except Evers, maybe. So we've got a uh, we've got a good series coming up. Finally, we are going to be facing the New York Yankees for the first time this season. It's June fourth, which is like one of the longest times I remember ever seeing the Yankees for the first time. Mm-hmm. What it, it are Go ahead, Brandon. It kind of makes me nervous that this is the first time that we're playing the Yankees this late in the season because that means we have 19 games against the Yankees between now and the end of September. Yep. That's a lot of baseball with that team. And we're, you know, we, we only, we've played uh, just a handful of games against the Rays as well. So we've got a lot of games within our division coming up. And it's a pretty tight race as of now. I expect it to be tight all the way through. And yeah. these games are, are huge games. Well, the only team that we don't have to worry about is the Baltimore Orioles. Don't let them get hot. Yeah, really. They a Baseball Savant <laughs> has them down for a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Oof. I mean, it's the, rough to be an Orioles fan. Huh? You know, last year, Dennis Eckersley said something about that uh, when the Red Sox faced the Orioles the first series. Evaldi ended up shoving, and they ended up putting up a 13 spot up against against them. I had a friend on Twitter who ended up tweeting at me after that, and I was like, oh, it's got to be tough being a Red Sox fan. <laughs> I was like, that's your one shove this year. And then, then of course, starting this season, they Sweet. get swept by the Orioles, and they were like, oh, it's got to be tough being a Sox fan. And I was like. Just I I just said don't worry you'll be in the basement soon and how right I was yeah. but yeah we got the Yankees coming up we've got King, uh, Tyon and Herman and we've got Evaldi. What do we have? We have Evaldi. Is it Evaldi Richards? Yeah. Let's see. Tomorrow is tomorrow's Evaldi and King. Yep. Yeah, it's so, got to be, what, Erod coming up soon, Richards yeah, coming up soon? It's Evaldi, Rodriguez, Richards versus King, Tyon, and Herman. Yep. So we, we miss out on Cole this, this time around, which, I mean, honestly might be a, a bit of a shame. He's 6-6 six and six in Yankee starts this season. He just got shelled today. May, maybe this season's the time that you want to play Cole. Yeah, I kind of wanted. I, so Boston Strong uh, made a post earlier, and they were like, uh, "Damn it, the one time we need Cole to do something good, and he couldn't do that." And I'm like, "I'm kind of okay with the fact that the Yankees lost to the Rays today. You don't want them going in with a three-game winning streak uh, in this series. You know, we need to go in with our heads held high. You know, we just beat the Houston Astros, who spanked us three games in a row." We didn't get swept. I mean, at least we didn't get swept by the Tigers. Wow. How does Cole still have a 178 ERA? I have no idea. It's got to be that stuff. It's a grip <laughs> that ball or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty terrible. It's terrible, I say. It's terrible. So uh, on Friday, we are doing a live stream uh, from the game. It's going to be four of us. It's going to be myself, uh, Ryan, uh, Jeff is going to join as well, and we are not going to end up putting this on the on like Spotify or Apple. 
So don't don't look for it there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. You'll see the live stream, us talking crap to each other, talking. And if you're a Yankees fan, you can join us. We're not going to be nice. So that's that's there's that. Uh, Brandon, you have a podcast. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give a plug for that? Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm the host of a show called the nest podcast. We go live every Monday night on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, you could also find us anywhere you download the pesky report for your podcast. We're everywhere. Uh, we talk about gen all pretty much all general sports, but mainly baseball, football, and MMA. And I also want to give a plug to the till Valhalla project. Uh, if you're watching live, you see my shirt says, do not give in to the war within in veteran suicide. This is a nonprofit that's located in Jacksonville, Florida, with the mission to uh, to help curb the numbers of veterans that take their own lives. They don't pay me to say anything about it. I just think they're a pretty awesome group. Well, being, being the fact that you're, you, you were in the military, um, that's... I'd be more than happy to give a shout out for any, any military or veteran uh, type things on this show. So if you are a listener who is a veteran and you have uh, some sort of uh, project that you're working on or a, uh, I can't even come up with a word right now. Um, donations, you need donations or something like that. You need help. Please reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to give you a shout out and try to get some traffic your way. Um, I'm a huge supporter of our troops and the veterans. My father was a veteran as well. Um, and so was my grandfather and I love everything that they do. Uh, Jeff, I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, you will. Brandon, it was a pleasure having you on as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Pesky Report. Make sure to follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pesky Report. No matter what platform you're listening to us on, please make sure to leave us a review and a comment and let us know how we're doing. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 